Welcome back to Chasing the Light with me, Lindsay Rambo. I am so excited for you to be here today. I am so, so thankful that you've been following along with the podcast journal and listening to the previous entries regarding my clinical trial process, as well as last week we discussed the potential barriers between employment and blindness. And today I'm going to shift gears and talk about the light of my life, which is motherhood. As I had mentioned in the past, I am a mom of two sons who are nine and 11, Lucas and Jackson, and they are absolutely the light of my life. They have been since they both entered my life. My whole world absolutely revolves around the two of them, and I am so, so blessed to share a little bit about my journey with motherhood and my perspective and experience of being a mom and having a visual impairment or a disability, and I will just jump right in and begin with a little bit of history in regards to my experience with children. I have always loved children. I, I was always involved with children in terms of with uh, Bible school, being a, being a teacher, during um, different kinds of kids activities at my church when I was growing up. I would do like the games at different Bible studies and vacation Bible schools at our church growing up. I was an aunt and loved spending time with my nieces and nephew. And so kids have always been a big interest of mine. I always hoped I would be a mom someday, but after learning at 16 that I may have children one day and they may be born blind, I wasn't sure if motherhood was going to be in the cards for me because I didn't know if I wanted to take that risk of bringing a child into the world and, you know, having that child or children go through some of the things that I have went through as an individual with blindness. So whenever Zach and I met, and we were discussing our future and marriage and children. You know, I touched on this a couple entries ago, how we could have gone through the process of having genetic testing done to determine whether or not a child would be born blind or the likelihood of a child being born blind. However, we had Lucas. Well, whenever we first found out that I was pregnant with Lucas, I was quite shocked because it wasn't planned at that exact time. So I was kind of thrown into motherhood whether I was ready or not. And I was not certain at that point, like what was going to come in terms of whether Lucas would have some sort of visual impairment or a disability because of my hereditary retinal disease. So it was definitely a, a lot of anxiety associated with it when I first found out I was pregnant with Lucas. And at that time, I didn't know if he were a boy or a girl. And all I knew is I wanted a healthy baby that could see well. 
So that's what I prayed over him from the time that I found out I was pregnant. I prayed every single day that if I had a baby, that the baby would be healthy and would be able to see and not have to go through some of the things that I've had to go through because of my blindness. So I went through my pregnancy with Lucas. We found out that he was very healthy the whole way through. We found out that he was going to be a boy, which I definitely wanted a boy. And when Zach and I talked when we were first starting dating and we talked about our future and having children, you know, we both wanted two boys. And (laughs) spoiler alert, that's what we had were two boys. And, you know, I'm so, so thankful for both of our little boys and and how they were healthy um, throughout the pregnancy. And that's how it was throughout, you know, the whole time I was pregnant with Lucas, everything went smoothly. I had Lucas, I was in labor for like 22 hours or something with Lucas and, you know, he was born and healthy and, and we were very blessed and thankful for that. I, I just, that little boy changed my life. Like when he came into my life, I just never knew the kind of love that I felt for him immediately and just the true responsibility of motherhood and caring for another individual just hit me right away and I embraced it I loved it like I didn't think once at that time like I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm blind or I have a disability myself all I did was just be in awe of my little blessing that God had given to me So, you know, we dealt with the typical challenges of being new parents and kind of still trying to find our place in the world in terms of careers and, um, you know, working through those different growing pains and milestones. And, you know, I, I just knew how natural motherhood came to me because I just... I just loved that little boy so much. And I continued to, you know, focus my whole world around him and, you know, go through being a stay at home mom. I just wanted so much to have another baby. And Zach wanted that too, that if we had another baby that we have, them, you know, pretty close in age so they could grow up together and we could still be young whenever you know, we were finished raising our boys or our children. So that's what we did within a year. Um, We tried to have Jackson and, you know, it didn't take long for me to become pregnant with him. And meanwhile, in the year that, you know, we were raising Lucas, we knew that his vision was perfectly fine and we never had any um, suspicion that it was, you know, any kind of, disability. He, he could see faces. He, you know, the doctors determined that everything was pretty good and, and, and clear. And he's continued to have his, um, 2020 vision moving forward throughout his life. So we were blessed that that prayer was answered. I prayed the same prayer that I prayed over Lucas as, you know, when I was pregnant, I prayed that over Jackson when I found out I was pregnant with him. And we had another smooth pregnancy with him. And we went through and everything was great. We found out we were having another boy and we were so, so thrilled about that. So we kept going through the pregnancy. 
We had some complications whenever Jackson was born, and he ended up spending a couple weeks in the NICU. He had gotten pneumonia. He had taken in too much fluid. And so the thought of, you know, whether he were blind or not really was not on our mind at all at that point because all we wanted to do was be able to take home our little baby newborn and meet his big brother because he hadn't had a chance to be held by anybody because he was in an incubator and in the NICU at a, you know, a different hospital and everything. So that was a whole different kind of experience that we um, were not prepared for. But again, we weren't thinking at all about the blindness aspect. And um, we did eventually get to bring Jackson home from the hospital and life with two boys began for us. And I will tell you, it was quite an adjustment. It was quite crazy at times because Lucas was still a baby um, to us because he, he hadn't even turned two yet. And we had a newborn and we had um, still our baby Lucas. And it, it got a little chaotic there for a while as it continues to do in different ways now. Um, but we wouldn't change a thing in terms of having them so close together and, you know, doing one thing, one phase right after another and working through some of those things through parenthood. But my biggest thing is I want to talk about some of the different challenges I experienced as a mom of toddlers and it, it really wasn't so much for the infant and new, newborn stage because, you know, babies are um, pretty well like they're they learn to crawl. It's when they got mobile is when I really started noticing some different challenges and everything due to my blindness. Um, you know, I've enjoyed every stage where I would definitely say like the toddler stage was rough because they were so close in age. And at that time, you know, my husband, Zach, was working as a federal police officer and he was working for um, 12 hour shifts. So it was just the boys and I. And, you know, I was home with them all day long, which I was very thankful to have that opportunity to be a stay at home mom with them. But those days were long. You know, I didn't drive. I didn't have anyone to take us anywhere. I couldn't just pack the kids up and go to the park or go get ice cream. Like, I had to entertain my boys for, you know, all all day long. And I was a very hands-on parent. So, you know, I wanted to do different things and I had to be creative and, you know, try and occupy them. And, you know, I definitely had a schedule with them every single day. We followed, you know, a very um, similar schedule and routine each day. And, you know, so we would get up and we'd get dressed and do breakfast and, you know, then we'd have playtime or we'd read books. And, you know, I don't know exactly what the routine was, but, um, you know, we definitely had structured times. They had the same nap time every day. And within that nap time, that's when I got my little breather each and every day. And they would get up and then we do, you know, arts or Play-Doh or something like we, we just I kept them busy all day. I tried my best to 
give them opportunities since I couldn't take them to a park or give them a change of scenery. I tried to change the scenery in our house or get them outside as much as possible and do different things. So it's funny because the boys are still basically on that same routine, you know, internally that I, I don't, you know, schedule Play-Doh time anymore. But, you know, we do have a similar routine now as we did when they were little because it's so, you know, internalized within them. So that's what I did whenever they were toddlers. I would take them on a walk every day. Um, we live in a, you know, a somewhat big neighborhood. And we did at the time when, when we were living at our other house as well. I'd take them out for like an hour, walk in the store and push them around. And that gave them a change of scenery. It gave me time to just breathe a little bit because they were usually pretty calm and cool and collected whenever they were in their stroller walk, walking around, riding around and looking at different things and looking at houses being built and those types of things. So we made sure we did that every day. And that gave me a sense of independence to be able to just, you know, pack up my boys and go out and take a walk, even though I didn't drive and you know couldn't take them to the park we could go do other things and i could still be independent so we we did that we ended up moving to the house that we're in now and you know we made some friends some neighbor friends that were around their age and they played outside with them but i was definitely you know a helicopter parent but not in a sense that you would think it's not because i was like afraid of things or fearful that they were going to get hurt. Like it was more the fact that I liked to be near them when, whenever they were outside playing so I could see them better. So I couldn't just sit on my front porch and see them playing in a cul-de-sac. I had to be right out there with them and, you know, staying on the curb or walking around with them just to make sure that I could see them well enough. And, you know, my little Jackson, he, he was a one that would run off or dart away and it would be very easy to lose track of him. And, um, so I definitely stayed closer to him. Lucas, I really, I didn't worry too much because he always was near me anyway, kind of just wanted to be around me. And Jackson, he's always been a little daredevil. So he would take off or, you know, go wander and do something else or get into something he wasn't supposed to be. So I had to really watch him. And that got challenging. So like outside time, whenever we transitioned from our backyard that was fenced in and we went to the front, that's when I got a little stressed out because of my blindness and I, you know, just did my best to stay with them. But it was hard because I wanted them to socialize and play with, you know, the other friends in the neighborhood. But um, we have made it through that stage. It was definitely a stressful stage. I will share a story. We're just coming back from the beach right now. We, we went to Virginia Beach last week. And this is kind of what sparked me to want to talk about motherhood and blindness because whenever Jackson was four years old and we had just gotten to Myrtle Beach, this was the first time we ever took the boys to Myrtle Beach. Um, he was four or getting ready to turn four. I mean, he was still a toddler and Lucas, you know, he was two years old or whatever that age was. Um, we had gone down to 
the pool area and we had just gotten to the hotel and checked in and Zach wanted to go exercise and I said that's fine I'll take them down to the pool so you know I collected all their things and the boys and we went down to the pool and this was probably the first time I had ever you know gone and done something like that without Zach being there so we went down there to the pool and they saw this little you know one foot kiddie pool that they got in right away okay and I had their floaties and everything but I didn't put them on right at that time because they wanted they got excited they wanted to get right into that little um, baby pool that was a foot and I thought that's fine you know there's Lucas four and Jackson six or they're both getting ready to turn those ages and then they were ready to go you know to a bigger pool so we had to go and set you know move our stuff to a different chair and I had to put their floaties on then. So Lucas had picked up his floaty and started putting it on, but he was having trouble. So I was trying to help him put that on. Meanwhile, like here I am trying to help Lucas and Jackson was right beside me. Um, but at that time he was much shorter. He's still um, shorter than my visual fields, which I can't see anything below my nose as I'm looking straight ahead. So I was looking at Lucas and I was helping him put on his floaty. Then I had turned around to go help Jackson put on his floaty and Jackson wasn't there. (laughs) And there are a ton of people around. There are several different pools. You have the baby pool that we were standing next to and you have like the big pool that we were getting ready to get in. And then the lazy river, which was, you know, kind of probably 10 feet away, but large. I mean, it was, it was every, like, it was a very large lazy river. And I started panicking. I could not see Jackson. I, I'm like shaking right now as I'm saying this, because I have like traumatic, I have PTSD from this still, um, six years later. I couldn't see Jackson and I didn't know what to do. And Lucas just all of a sudden said, Mommy, Jackson, Jackson jumped in the lazy river. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, where did like I didn't see where he jumped in. Lucas, you know, I couldn't see where Lucas was pointing. I did not. I I didn't know. I just ran and jumped in the lazy river and praise God that I jumped in where I did because that's exactly where Jackson was bobbing up and down in the lazy river with no floaty on. And I was like, I'm still shaking about this. I got him out. I threw him up on the side and he was, he was fine. But if, you know, there was a higher hand of power there putting me where I needed to be that day because I had no idea where he jumped in. I didn't even know he jumped in. Like Lucas, he must have saw him, but he couldn't tell me. Like it all happened so fast that I I had no control over any of it. I really didn't. I got Jackson out and he was fine and it scared him, him and I, like I sat on the side, you know, at that time there were lifeguards that had come around and, you know, come and check on him, check on me. And he and I just, Jackson and I just sat on the side and just cried and Lucas stood there and cried. And it was, you know, it was the first time that was my first experience of taking the boys somewhere out in public and, you know, not having Zach there and then at water of all things, like I've, I've, I never even 
felt like it just happened so fast while I was helping Lucas. I just never would have thought Jackson would have went and jumped in, you know, this lazy river. And it did. And, you know, again, praise God for being there and watching over us. But it scared me. I mean, it scares me still thinking about it, just how, you know, how terrible that situation could have been and how it could have gone a completely different direction. And that's kind of like an extreme example of, you know, my vision and how it was challenging in that toddler stage because they are so unpredictable. And like I said, Jackson has always been my little daredevil. And that was a prime example. And um, thankfully, you know, that is so far the the most extreme example that I have of how my vision has affected, you know, us physically. Um, and, you know, it, we definitely still think about it and um, he still remembers it. I will never forget it. Like, it's one of those things that whenever I wake up at night and can't get back to sleep, that is what pops into my head. So um, that is definitely an example of how your vision <laughs> You know, when you have a visual impairment and you're trying to do motherhood and you're trying to like be like, yep, I can do that. I can I can take them down in a pool. And, um, you know, I and I did I could I, I can I, and I have taken them to the pool and done stuff with them since then. I, you know, I don't live in fear, but I will tell you that. Um, during their toddler stage, anytime I go to the pool or the ocean without Zach, those boys had their life vests on. So we went out and bought them these super secure, these cute little shark life vests that had a shark fin on the back of them. We bought them that, I don't know, it might've been that night we bought them at Myrtle beach and they put them on in the hotel room and would walk around going down the elevator, going out on the beach, anywhere they went near water they had a life vest on because I was not ever going to take that chance again so that (laughs) that that was a hard one that was a hard lesson to learn um you know I it can happen to anyone whether you can see or not see well but that is just one of the things that really sticks in my mind through through mothering my children and being blind that, you know, I just I, I could not I couldn't see I that was just plain and simple. I could not see. And I'm thankful that God was watching over us. And, you know, his eyes are always better than my eyes in every situation. So I'm very thankful for that. I've definitely had challenges as the boys have gotten older and not in the sense that they don't understand my vision because I would say they really truly started to understand my vision when we went on our cruise a couple years ago. And I guess Jackson would have been six and Lucas would have been eight or seven and nine. I'm not sure exactly of their ages, but you know, they, that's when I really noticed them wanting to help and understanding that I couldn't see certain things. So when we were navigating, you know, one of them would want to guide me or they would start saying step when we were going up or down a step or a curb, or they'd say curb, 
and, you know, different things like cone, pole, they started doing that because I think that's when they really noticed Zach doing those things for me. And so they picked up on that and, you know, started guiding me at a very young age, especially when we were in unfamiliar places. Um, I never hid my visual impairment from them. You know, I feel like when they were little, I probably talked about it like, well, mommy can't see well, or, you know, mommy can't see that. Let's, can we get something bigger? Can you get this so mommy can see it better? And so I don't think they truly understood it until, you know, they were in elementary school and they saw Zach guiding and they got, they've gained a good sense of what I can and can't see by now. But I, I remember them, you know, when they were being mischievous or something at breakfast at the island, I, I'd be like, well, mommy has eyes in the back of my head, right? That's like what a lot of parents would say to their children. Mommy has eyes in the back of their, in my back of my head. And I remember one of them, I don't know which one, said, well, are are your eyes in the back of your head? Do they see like the eyes in the front of your head? And I feel like that would be like a Jackson thing, but I'm not sure. Um, but I was like, no, like my eyes in front of my head can't see well, but my eyes in my back of my head see perfectly fine. So you guys better behave when mommy has my back turned to you. So, um, you know, they, they've always known that I can't see well, and they've always accepted it. Um, they are so helpful and so, you know, kind and compassionate when it comes to my vision. Like I had said in previous entries that I run into things often, like if I don't shut the microwave door or a cabinet door or you know I'm drop something on the floor and I bend over and hit my head off the counter like you know anytime that I hurt myself they both kind of fill up and start feeling like like they, they their voice gets like they're going to cry because they see first of all that I got hurt which they don't like to see that but but they also understand already, you know, at their ages, they understand the emotional hurt that it um, causes for me anytime that I run into something because it's, it's, yes, it hurts. You know, I've really bopped my nose and my head different times. Um, But I think it hurts more emotionally. And it's more frustrating because I'm like, Oh, my goodness, like, here we go again, I'm just trying to pick something up and I'm slamming my head off of you know, a countertop or I'm, you know, it's usually when I'm rushing around. Like I remember one morning I had this big storage tote that I would use while I was a TBI and it it carried all my things for the day. Um, you know, so it was, it was really big, like a suitcase, um, as some would joke that I'd come into school with like a suitcase and it had wheels and everything. So I'd set this out in this little passageway, um, going out to our garage, but it, it sat in between like our kitchen and our dining room. And, um, you know, I had many times where I almost tripped over this because it, you know, I'd be rushing around and it's below my, um, nose. So it's below my visual fields. And, you know, I was like, I would hit it sometimes, but I wouldn't fully trip over it. Well, you know, just a few weeks before school was out this year, 
I was rushing around and I was taking in plates and um, silverware and stuff into the dining room table so I could set the table so I wouldn't have to do it later that day when we got home because we had a lot going on that evening with sports. So I, I was rushing around and I tripped, I fully tripped the whole way over. It flew over this thing, like plates, silverware, everything just flew everywhere. And I just remember the boys coming over, mommy, are you okay? And they were like, you know, on the, on the verge of tears. And, you know, they were just so concerned that I had fallen, um, because that was probably, probably the worst fall that I had taken, um, at that point. I think I've taken a couple others since then, but, you know, they just, they, they truly understand and feel every part of this with, with Zach and I, I mean, they've had to adapt to things. They, you know, they had to understand like when we're traveling different times, like I have to, had to teach them how to guide because sometimes they would pull or push. So now they're really, truly getting an understanding of what it's like to, you know, live with a visual impairment as they see me living with it. And they have a true compassion um, for me and for others that they see that may struggle with different disabilities. So, you know, it's, it's truly a gift in my eyes. Like, I, I truly hope that this helps them grow and be well-rounded individuals and accepting and caring and compassionate individuals as they get older and always be looking for ways that they can help other people um, because they do it for me all the time. And I'll share another story. Like I had the privilege to be teaching in their school this year and they were both um, in fourth and fifth grade and I was in their school every day. And, you know, especially my fifth grader, Lucas, they're getting into that middle school age where you know, it could be iffy if they want to even say hi to their mom in school, right? Well, I'm there. I'm their mom. I'm in school. I'm walking around their school with a long cane. So it's very evident that I cannot see well. And I will tell you every time my boys saw me, they ran up to me and gave me a hug no matter who was around. And by the end of the year, their friends were coming up to me and giving me a hug or saying, hi, Miss Lindsay, how are you today? Or, you know, what, whatever it may be, like holding the door for me, like they, you know, have created this environment within their school um, of acceptance as well for individuals with visual impairments because of the way that their friends and peers have seen them act towards me. And I'm telling you, it just fills me up. It makes my heart so warm to know that my children are so accepting of it. Because let me tell you, I get a little bit insecure about it. Like I, I don't, I never wanted to embarrass them. And, and I going into the school this year and being there every day, I really feared that you know, I would embarrass them walking around the school. And I guess that's that, that insecurity that kind of still sticks within me about my blindness and visual impairments. But they, they never felt that way. They've always just, as Zach tells me, they only see me as mommy. They don't see me as anything else. And so, 
you know, that definitely was proven this year as I walked around with a long cane and they would come and embrace me or, you know, get excited when they saw me, like when they would see me when they were babies. So I hope that continues with them. I mean, um, you know, they, they are wonderful. Again, they are the light of my life. Like I, I know we still have struggles in terms of with getting them places. Like we've been blessed to have them in the same kind of activities and sports, but this coming, you know, this coming fall, they're both going to be playing in different um, travel soccer league. So it's going to get a little tricky in terms of transportation. Cause again, we only have one driver and when they were both on the same team or going to the same place, like it wasn't that big of a deal, but as we move forward and they might get into different activities, I know we're going to have some um, challenges in terms of transportation again. And, you know, we'll just cross each of those bridges as we as we continue to move forward and go along. I mean, we're very blessed and thankful that things have worked out the way that they have so far. And we have great friends and community who I know would help us if we got in a situation where one needed to go one place and the other needed to go to the other. Like, we would have help and support. And, and that's a really wonderful feeling to know that we've got support no matter where we go. So I am just so, so thankful that you're continuing to listen. I'm, I'm trying to keep these episodes shorter. I think I went a little bit more lengthy with this one with some of the stories. I have tons of stories to share about motherhood as any mom or dad would. Um, you know, I kind of highlighted the biggest challenges in terms of the the blindness. You know, they, they feel the frustrations that I feel because of my blindness. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad that they see that because I want them to see also that I am resilient and I come out stronger and I take these little, you know, challenges and use them as stepping stones to keep moving forward. So if if that's what they're seeing, you know, that's good. I'm glad they see the frustrations because I also want them to see how I overcome those challenges and frustrations and adapt to different things. And I know they are witnessing that firsthand and I, I hope that helps them become strong individuals and have a strong faith as they see me following God and having a strong faith that, you know, I will be delivered and be protected, you know, from any kind of troubles that may be in the future. So I truly, truly appreciate you all listening. I hope to cover some different things in terms of like building communities, um, the challenges associated with that and the vulnerabilities associated with that, as well as I hope to have an update to share about my dates for my clinical trial in next week's entry. But until then, I hope you continue to chase your light, chase the light, whatever that may be in your life. And just count those blessings. I know I count the blessings of my two greatest lights in my life every single day. I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful day. Thanks for listening.